0: behind
1: closed doors. Yeah. This is Pure Big Movies.
0: I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Uh, Jason, what movie are we talking
1: about today? Today, we're going to talk about 1977 Black Samurai by Al Adamson. Michael, what are we drinking?
0: Oh, boy. Uh, we have... Cheers. Cheers. This is the Fabergé, the Brute IPA, from Project Barley. They're down in Lomita, and they were extremely generous. They sponsored this episode today. We thank them very much. Absolutely. Discovered them last year. I hadn't heard of them. We were visiting friends, and on the way back, I said, let's stop at a brewery. And I I just Googled this area, and I said, Project Barley. It's a cool name. And I said, I haven't heard of these guys. So we popped in. Great stuff. They've become a real quick favorite. I contacted them, and said we're doing black samurai would you like to sponsor us with the with a four pack and they said absolutely so thank you so much project barley how do you like it i i like it the brute ipa is kind of a new thing
1: it is it's it has that dryness of a brute champagne Mm-hmm. it's refreshing on a hot day out here in san gabriel valley
0: it is refreshing i kind of i feel like i should have uh like a, almost ceviche or something with this you know something like a little nibble and i thought you know brute because there's just some brutality going on in this movie it's it's a kung fu movie so you have jim kelly who is people will know from enter the dragon he's very decorated he was a legit martial artist super talented and he also was black belt jones you're a pretty big fanboy of jim kelly
1: i, I am this was my movie choice it's definitively a B movie. I, I was gonna
0: say I'm not even gonna ask you. I'm not gonna challenge you. Why? Some every once in a while it's like, hey, why is this a B movie? Why'd you pick this? And this time, no. This is it's Al Adamson for one thing. He his whole deal was huge B movie director, exploitation, 60s, 70s, and this is no different. I think we can just jump right into it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say one point: Al Adamson. If you want some more insight to him. There's a documentary called Blood and Flesh, The Real Life and Ghastly Death of Al Adamson. 2019, it's on TV, and it gives you a good overview of Al Adamson's life. But yes, he made only B-movies, and this movie is 73 minutes. It seems like a lot longer.
0: Spoiler alert. From this point on, we're going to talk about the confusing mess that is this movie, and we will say anything and everything that's going on in it. So. Maybe pause, watch the movie, come back, or stay with us, and we'll probably we might make more sense. Absolutely than the actual movie itself. So we open. We we're guessing we open open in Asia. I think it's Hong Kong. We have a lady riding in a car, and then we get the first of our our, our just absolutely wonderful dubbing. All the vo- you know, so much dubbing in this movie because it's it's much less expensive than syncing up. But a lot of the dubbing voices, they sound, they sound like out-of-work cartoon voice actors. They're just hilarious. These dudes follow this young Asian woman back to her place. She's got poor security. They come in, slaughter all of the guys that work for her, and kidnap her.
1: I want to point out that she's important because her dad is a minister in Hong Kong. And he's been leading this endless battle about the narcotics trade coming out of Hong Kong. He is supposed to be in the United States in a week for a conference to discuss the end of this narcotics trade. Did that house look like it was... I mean, the front looked great, but you walk in the backyard, it, it looked like a suburban house out of Burbank. No, There's it's, a basketball court. No, I mean, everything.
0: First of all, I mean, I think most of this takes place in Asia. We don't know for sure. There's a lot of this, uh, discussion about that. But none of it looks like anywhere, we're, you know... Everything's in Southern California, but we're not... In fact, they go so far as to at one point say, you're not going to the West Coast. So we're, we know we're not in the West Coast because that's not where we're supposed to be. But these dudes kidnap this woman. We get some opening credits. It's actually, it's such a James Bond opening. And there are ga- James Bond gadgets throughout that. I, I wonder if they thought that Jim Kelly could be like a black James Bond, sort of that uh, negative, the photo negative of Jim Kelly doing karate and stuff and hanging with ladies Even with the scope, the scope look, it's pretty awesome. It's it's a fun little opening. He plays Robert Sand.
1: Agent of Dragon.
0: Agent of Dragon, which is pretty cool. I don't remember what Dragon stands
1: for. Uh, You know what, Michael? I wrote that down. I bet you did. Dragon stands for Defense Reserve Agency Guardian of Nations. And the Black Samurai books were a series of books written by a author, Mark Olden. He passed away in 2003. We'll look out. There's a great interview with the woman who was, I imagine, his companion for a big portion of his life.
0: How do we meet Robert Sand? He
1: is playing tennis in Mexico. Once again, it looks like Burbank. We have two Dragon agents, Farnsworth and Pines, show up and interrupt his tennis game.
0: Something funny about this. Robert Sand is playing tennis against this woman, and at two points you hear dubbed somebody say, good shot. I think it's him, but if it is, the first time it it comes up, it's him serving. So he's saying good shot to himself, (laughs) essentially. But yeah, Farnsworth and Pines show up, interrupting his vacation.
1: Jim Kelly, such a professional athlete, known for karate, but he also became a tennis player. Yeah, he played on a professional
0: tennis circuit. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So his games interrupted, Barnsworth and Pines are trying to convince him that they have to go after a evil narcotics dealer named Janicott. Aka not... the Warlock.
0: Yeah, he's not the thing is he's not just a drug dealer though. He's like into black magic. Oh. He, and he is legit. He fancies himself a warlock. He's bad news.
1: In fact, they describe him as like Janakot means the devil in ancient witch language. And I don't know any ancient witch languages. I did look up Janakot, and it does have... I know, some I, know I know, plenty. <laughs> it does have a reference to a Basque god in a certain region. But anyways, they're trying to convince him. They're showing him dossiers on Janakot, on his love... of known
0: associate's.
1: Yes. Sin. And another known associate, Chavez.
0: Victor right? Chavez. Yeah. Who... Is into inflicting pain on women, oh no, actually girls. So right off the bat, you know he's not a good person.
1: But also if you look at those attaches real closely when they're flicking them across the screen, Shabbos is they all list crimes committed, and Shabbos' crimes were committed in the forties. I mean the guy must be ancient. He did age well.
0: I think we figured that. If he just just say he's in his early twenties. Or even if he was one of those, like, old-time criminals, like, he started at 15. That still puts him in his 60s, 50s, 60s, somewhere in
1: there. Robert, he doesn't want to get a part of this. He's on his three-week vacation. They keep saying, he wants like, to
0: get back to his love set. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> oh, also, Janicott kidnapped your former love,
0: Toki. They, they hand over this 8x10. But what I <laughs> love is a picture of him with Toki. This picture is hilarious because, you know, you think it's just going to be a picture of her. It's him and Toki in like sort of an an intimate embrace somewhere in some pretty garden. And I kind of thought, why would you have that picture? Why not just have like a headshot of Toki?
1: And it was strange that if you're trying to convince an agent to take part in a case, why don't you open up with your best card, which is... He kidnapped your former girlfriend, your lover, rather than go through this whole rigmarole of, like, well, they're in the narcotics and there's some bad people. I mean, I would open up with your ace in the hole rather than, like, hold it back. I mean, this isn't a poker game.
0: I mean, or more often than not, Jason, you're not going to go to that guy because, you know, it's like you're trying to stop, stop this drug ring. So all this drug trafficking, this guy's totally going to, you can't trust somebody if it's going to be passion involved and love. He's not going to listen. I'd go find one of my other agents. Dragon seems like they'd have more than one agent.
1: Agreed. And also, there probably is some sort of human resource policies where it stipulates if you're intimately involved in a case, you can't
0: take it. Look at us. Look at us talking about human resources in an Al Adamson film (laughs) and like logical moves things that would make sense
1: but he agrees with two conditions number one he needs to be left alone and number two they gotta get his car
0: it's a cool car but I just I just think because I'm thinking at the time he's going to Asia so the dragon goes now we got to move a car to Asia boy he's a high maintenance agent he is we get a plane flying I say Asia I think you think like Miami
1: I think it's Miami. Clearly, the airport they're using, that's either the Palm Springs airport or Burbank airport.
0: And then Robert Sand, he arrives at an airport. He's leaving an airport. And here, it's a kung fu movie. And my take on a kung fu movie is it doesn't matter what. You're basically, you want your hero, your main character, getting in fights. And then you just find ways to get him to his next fight. When he lands, there should have been a fight. He gets a ride to some house. And he gets his cool car. It's a super cool car.
1: It, that car is a 1972 Ferrari Dino 246 GTS.
0: It's a sweet car. Yeah. So he goes driving. A lot of money. Oh, I bet. And all of a sudden, these dudes in a tank with a trunk the size of a smart car. I mean, it's this big tank. There's no way this thing could keep up. It's a caddy. These, <laughs> yeah, these guys come rolling. They're like, we're going to chase him. And they're going to get Robert Sand, drop a racial slur. There are a couple things in this movie, if you're watching it, that are sort of, they're pretty kind of offensive. And this is where we get the first Bond gadget, because they're chasing him, and then his car should blow them away. They pull up alongside, and then a little gun comes out of by his back tire, shoots out their tire. They go over the side of a, a hill, and the car explodes.
1: So I had to look that up.
0: Cars don't explode.
1: I looked up Mythbusters, episode yeah. 130 in 2009. They tested if yeah. cars go over cliffs if they explode their no.
0: No, I, I didn't I didn't even need mythbusters. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even need mythbusters unless it's full of dynamite or an explosive. That's just in the movies. So anyway, he's already in the mix. They know who he is. He heads back we get this great little scene that I'm sure Jim Kelly said put in his contract. He's in a room, he's facing the camera and he's doing all this this martial arts practice. He's got a sword, he's got the nunchucks and then he's just doing a series of punches like at the camera. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. It is. It's cool. I can't do that. Like a minute of Jim Kelly doing his stuff. Also, I think, you know, he's like, I look good without a shirt. Absolutely. Then he's got to do some meditation after all this working out. And we get the best dubbing. These two dudes come in. He's meditating. They sneak up on him, which I found a little odd if he's such a great agent. And The guy just lays a, a shotgun in his face. He's kind of like Danny DeVito. Kind of looks like that. You can't see his mouth, so they dub over this hilarious voice That's like, ah, Mr. Sand. Surprise! Yes, we enjoy watching you, which is just a creepy line. And he's like, ah, oh, too bad you have your hands aren't as fast as a bullet. And Sand immediately like smacks the gun away, beats the guys up, kills the Danny DeVito guy, and then the other guy like jumps out a window and that's when pines he, pines shows up to just he like walks up kind of looks at the frame of the broken line he's like what's going on here and he
1: doesn't he enter
0: yeah, through the broken he, window he steps through the window i like, go what uh, doing some renovating over here sand is all you know he's ticked off at pines and what's great is there's a dead guy on the floor and and he's talking to pines he's going they know they know i'm here what's going on There's a rat and dragon, and Pines is going, Ah, no, man, I I got you an invitation to Janicott's estate. There's a groovy shindig. Suddenly, he notices the dead body on the floor, and he just goes, What the hell? The body on the floor. I think there's some shemping
1: going on. I think that is actually the same actor who plays Reinhardt later
0: on. 100%. 100%. <laughs> ab- no, absolutely. It that's saves why they money. Yeah, dubbed the voice. It, yeah, it's, it saves money. But I mean, they dubbed the voice with the goofiest <laughs> voice ever. A, there's a lot of goofy voices in there. Oh, it's it's a laugh riot. So
1: before it, I go on to the Janicott's great party, Agent Pines, the actor is Biff Yeager. Yeager, would you say that? Ye- Yeager. Yeager, Yeager. And just look at his IMDb page.
0: He's a is, bad actor.
1: He's a bad actor, but maybe this is just the movie. His IMD page is huge. He is consistently acted since the 70s, including being in the Preacher, the 2016 Preacher TV series, and the Gilmore Girls, Seinfeld. I mean, the guy's been everywhere. I love his clothes. I love his choice of wardrobe as a Dragon agent. Uh, I wonder if
0: it was his choice. <laughs> so, yeah, on to the party. On
1: to the party. So, Janicott is having a big, huge shindig at his castle. In fact, it's the Mission Inn Hotel in Riverside. Robert Sand, the black samurai, he kind of just moseys on in, he's wearing a jumpsuit, kind of moseys on into the party, kind of looks around.
0: The door guy chucks him though.
1: And that door guy is the same guy he just beat up. I mean, it makes no sense why he didn't stop him because he ends up introducing himself to sin.
0: No, no, it does <laughs> make sense because Janicott knows everything already.
1: That's right, Janicott is the quintessential- I've
0: just been playing with him. Yeah. So Yeah. no. It,
1: Sans, the Black Samurai, introduces himself to Sin as Joe Marshall.
0: Sin introduces herself to him. First. Because she's like the right-hand lady, and it's Sin, S-Y-N-N-E.
1: And they have an interesting conversation. She's like, I have to introduce you to the host of this party, Janicott. And they walk what? over, what? And, and Janicott's like, Oh, my, no, my dear, let me introduce you to Dragon's Top Agent. <laughs> Robert Sand, otherwise known as the Black yeah, but, Samurai.
0: But before that, Jason, they have this whole conversation. The whole time, Robert Sand, he's looking around the party. You know he's looking for Janica. He's looking around. He's, he's talking to her, but He's looking away. He's looking around the party. And you just go, it's a small room. And Janicott's right over there, like 15 feet away, staring at you. <laughs> what, are you what are you looking for? It's just this is great little moment of like, you know, hey, make it look like you're looking for him. Before we go on there, it's a big, big thing that, that we're, we're forgetting to mention is that at this party, there's up on the like a landing, a second floor landing. There is a gigantic live vulture just lurking over the whole party. No, And if I go to a party and there's a giant vulture, first of all, I'm staying as far away from it as I can because they're disgusting creatures. They're awesome and they're useful, but they are gross.
1: First, all, I asked my wife, who's a biologist, is that really a vulture? She's like, yeah, that, that's a vulture. And then second of all, I had to look up, can you have a vulture as a pet? Of course and you can. I will link out to an amazing website of all the reasons why you should not have a vulture as a pet. Pretty hilarious.
0: You can, but you shouldn't.
1: No. Exactly. He runs out of the party. There's a huge cat and mouse game through the whole mission in.
0: This is our first good fight, so that's it's important. This is Sand running. We find out that there's midgets in, in Janicott's army, and we find out that Robert Sand really likes to punch guys in the junk. Yes. <laughs> he gets these guys with a double junk punch, you know, and throughout the movie, he's just looking to just slam guys in the junk.
1: And Janicott, of course, has all the supervillain tropes, he says, I'm going to enjoy this cat and mouse game with such a worthy opponent as the Black Samurai. Now, he is a little upset that Robert gets away, that the Black Samurai gets away.
0: He's so upset
1: that he has to make an example of someone. And
0: he makes an example of this frumpy guy that looks like an insurance salesman. And, and I don't know why he's getting blamed, because I didn't see that guy in a fight. Exactly. And, and he's not, nowhere. <laughs> He is He's this dumpy, middle-aged white guy with a mustache and a cheap suit and tie, who absolutely would not be participating in any fight. So it's basically, he took, like, you weren't even here, so I'm going to make an example of you.
1: And he looks alarmed as well, because <laughs> he's like, I just walked onto this film set.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, oh no, these are my lines? And like, this is I thought I was going to have a pretty good part. And so you're thinking, whoa, if you're going to make an example of somebody, it's got to be pretty cool, pretty serious, right? Pre-
1: particularly if your name, your supervillain name is the Warlock.
0: The Warlock, and you have a pet vulture. This is going to be bad news, right? Yeah, this is going to be really scary. So what, I mean, drop him in acid, feed him to lions, you know, what do they do?
1: Shark tank with lasers. Yeah,
0: so what do they do, though?
1: They throw him in a cell with snakes?
0: The thing is, we don't know they're snakes. They take him (laughs) down, he's screaming, he screams, no, no, don't do this, don't do this, please, please. And they throw him in a cell, and it looks just like a dungeon cell with, like, the jail gate, you know, bars. There must be, like, a hideous monster, because all of a sudden you hear this guy scream. And that's it. So you're kind of like, whoa, we're going to get back to this. And I bet there's going to be like a really like lame. Like a demon. A dude in a lame yeah. demon suit. That's what, I'm, that's what I expected the first time I saw it. But we'll, we'll, we'll let you know what it is.
1: This area was filmed at the Mission Inn out in Riverside. It's one of my favorite places in Southern California. My wife and myself have spent birthdays, anniversaries. It's such a cool place to walk around. And to see what it looked like in the 70s, it's very different than what it looks like now. But anyways, the party's over. Sands has escaped. At this point, Sands feels that there's definitely a mole in Dragon. And he's pretty sure that Pines is it. So he shows up at Pines' apartment building when Pines is leaving for the day. Well, who knows?
0: <laughs> who knows? I mean, again, they give us no sense yeah. of location. You can't, you don't, they don't even give you titles like, hey, we're going to be in Hong Kong or, you know, we're in Miami. So we don't know.
1: Now, Pines has new information. He says, listen. Toki, remember, that's the main onus of Robert Sands dealing with Janikot. He's trying to find Toki. So let's not forget that. He's like, you know, Toki, now Toki's Victor Chavez has his own castle. Janikot's right-hand man has his, his own, own out castle. He's him up left and right. And he took Toki somewhere. Here's where Chavez is. Why don't you go and find Chavez now? When he leaves Pine's apartment with this new information. He's immediately waylaid again. Another, and incorrectly so, this is a kung fu movie. It's a spy movie. There should be fights we like We need this.
0: more of this. Like, yes. like, again, there should have been the fight at the airport instead of the Danny DeVito guy. That should have been like a cool fight instead of him just smacking a gun away and shooting someone. There are two opportunities, because this is, we want the Terry York fight. Yeah. It's a, it's a bunch of dudes in a station wagon. Again, he could have easily evaded this, he didn't need to engage these guys. No. That car would have smoked a giant station wagon. <laughs> but no, he does. He goes to Terry York's body and paint department. It's really big on the wall. And when I was watching, I went, I bet Terry York threw some money into this movie.
1: Well, I had to look it up. It, I, it was a auto dealership. On Ventura Boulevard. Yeah, I mean, 70's. it's a
0: re, it's a real place, but I'm saying, I bet Terry York gave Al Adamson some money. He's like, I'll give you some money, but you have to shoot something. I, need a, I want a fight scene outside with my place.
1: And clearly and it, it's all in English, so it's is it still in Asia, Michael?
0: Absolutely. I mean.
1: I think it's in Miami. That's Michael. My, that's
0: my I don't know. Again, there are more mountains in Asia than there are in Miami. So it's actually a pretty cool little fight scene. Wonderful, like just random piles of cardboard to fall onto and fight on. We're tucking into our second. So, Once again,
1: thank you, Project Barley.
0: Th- yeah, thank you so much. Anytime somebody is, is generous enough to, we're, we're just as small, couple of guys just talking smack about it, movies and beer. <laughs> this thing is, is tasty. It's got a little of that yeast, it's, it's dry. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a cool, it's a great little spot. Again, we we randomly discovered it. Los Angeles is a big place. You have tons and tons of breweries. I thought I was pretty well versed. And like these guys, I went, wait, they've been around. They're doing um, like I, the IPAs. They did. We had uh, last time we, we were down there, they had a blueberry sour that tastes like blueberry pie. I mean, I'm not kidding. Blueberry pie. It was amazing. Uh, they do some great Belgian. We had their triple on the locket. Yes. Because of the multiple triple flashbacks. They will able to tie it in, try, always trying to tie it in. And that was delicious. Their Belgian game is tight because I, I had their Belgian quad and they have a double. I had their Saison. It was tremendous. I mean, the can's cool, right? The can
1: looks like, is this supposed to resemble the Brute aftershave?
0: Absolutely. It's still around. When I was a kid, that was like kind of a... It, it, My grandpa
1: when, used to give it to me all the time. And dance. and when
0: you go like, to a friend's house for a sleepover, it was the like, chances are there was like Brute. <laughs> A thing of brood. It was Barry like, oh, <laughs> yes. It's supposed to smell like a man. It's so tasty. And again, thank you so much for, for sponsoring this episode. I think it paired well.
1: I don't know if Janicott is essentially a brood. He's a supervillain, all of Lex Luthor type. D-
0: more of a but dandy. Sh-
1: yeah, Chavez is a brood.
0: Oh, absolutely. Bone is a Bo- brood. Bone, that's a good fight. That's the fight you're all waiting for. That's yeah. Bruce Lee and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like you're waiting for that fight.
1: So, Robert Sand, the black samurai, he has finished these men off at the auto dealership. I mean, his goal right now is to get to Chavez's place, because that's where Toki is, according to Pines. So, what does he do, Michael?
0: Real quick, I like how he has to be told all these things. He's such a great agent. He's not figuring a lot out for himself. He's always, Pines has to come along and say, go here, go there. A real great agent, I think, would kind of figure this out. But suddenly we're in his car again, and he's, he's on a car phone. Future, mid-70s, that was a weird deal. He's an agent, he's a dragon. total agent. And so he's, he's calling in, and he says, hey, man, I need a boat pronto. Which is hilarious, because a boat is there in a matter of minutes. He opens up the trunk of his car and then he's got a jetpack, And we go through this awesome... I mean, come on. It's, it's a montage of him on a jetpack. Actually, it's a guy dangling from a helicopter. So you, so you
1: don't think it's a real jet pack?
0: I think there might have... I think one or two shots actually could have been a jet pack.
1: They think in the credits... They all, I forget what labs. We'll link it out to our shows. But they think a lab... And I'm no. if it has to do
0: with the jet... Here's the thing, Jason. If you watch it, and you watch it, and you watch it, you see a different shot, like a far away shot, and it's clear he's being dangled from... Because the jetpack. You see something coming up <laughs> yeah. from the jetpack. I thought that, that was a camera. <laughs> but, then, but here's the thing. When they get closer, that thing's gone. It might be a camera, or it could be a harness connected to the helicopter. If it is a camera... Then they have shots from up in the air looking down, and it's just dangling from the helicopter. Because some of those shots you couldn't do, and you wouldn't have done with a 1970s jetpack. Because, I mean, he's like swooping around the ocean like bluffs, and those things were could be a little sketchy. But, no, some of the shots, clearly, I think they were able to get a couple shots. Hey, can you take off from a boat on, a, on your jetpack? But, you know... Can you, can you go flying all around really fast and then hover over and shoot a dude and then go off and land in the woods? They go, that's we don't have that technology. And, you don't have that technology today.
1: And He was supposed to be a secret agent, and James Bond had a jet pack in Thunderball 1965. Also, there was a kid's show at this time called Arc 2 in the 70s, and there's always this opening montage of them using a jet pack. If he's trying to be secret, Michael, and get to Shama's place... He's making a lot of noise with his jetpack, number one. Number two, he's shooting a person from the jetpack. I mean, isn't I'm, that going to alert everybody? I mean,
0: there's no sneaking. They know who Robert Sand is. Every time he tries to do something, so now he said, I'm pulling out the jetpack.
1: It, it, it is boom, a spy movie.
0: Boom, off I go with my <laughs> jetpack.
1: Where is Shava's place located that your plan is, number one, boat? Number two, I mean, it must be a remote, remote, remote area.
0: And honestly, Jason, what was the point of the boat? He's got a jet pack, and it doesn't seem like he was... I mean, the, the boat basically pulled 50 feet out into the water, and then he bounced in his jet pack. I don't even get it. What's going on? I don't know anything going on in this movie. It is so confusing. It's just a word jumble of scenes. but eventually he lands but yeah you're having a great time it it does he lands and we get you know there are a couple unfortunate things in this movie but (laughs) I I mean things you look back on and you go wow that's offensive and this is one for me at least this is one of them is he lands in this this forest I don't know if they think it's supposed to be a jungle well and if
1: you're if you're still holding up that this is supposed to be in Southeast Asia Southeast Asia somewhere I, I mean,
0: <laughs> I still I still can't believe that you're trying to defend it's Miami when there's constantly <laughs> these mountains, like large hills. That familiar with the landscape of Florida, but I know there aren't there aren't even large hills. You know? It's it's like all swamp. He's in this forest and there's something there's like kind of a giggling and something's moving fast. Which is hilarious when you see what it is. And then he's attacked by these African American men. And this very unfortunate
1: Fred Flintstone, huh?
0: like Fred Flintstone outfits with the headbands. It's like, like you know, I, it's slightly offensive. And so we get another fight scene. Fighting these guys. And we also get like the single most brutal act of violence in the whole movie that's unnecessary because Robert Sand knocks this guy into this pond. It's I mean, it's, it's in someone's backyard, clearly. <laughs> I think it's a Griffith park somewhere.
1: It's, it's a decor <laughs> it's a
0: decorative <laughs> pot pool. So this guy's sort of just treading water in this pool, and <laughs> what does he do?
1: He picks up a rock and he crushes the man's head. It is the, one of the most violent scenes in the movie.
0: And the look it was on, on his unexpected. face, yeah, it when the look on his face. There's like this extreme anger in Jim Kelly's face as he just smashes the guy's head, and you go, "Whoa, okay, this is supposed to be fun, but it's kind of ugly." Then he finds out the dude that was like the little <laughs> he was literally doing that in the woods is this short man named Reinhardt. And Reinhardt is wearing... He has that sort of classic, you know, kind of cowboy hat and a whip.
1: I mean, I think he's dressed as your stereotypical cowboy. But
0: it's very disconcerting simply because it's like he's up on high. You have these guys dressed up in this completely racist outfits. I don't think they were intending that, but it sure came off as, like, wildly offensive today. I'm not even sure what was going on there. Like, the whole point of this scene was lost on me.
1: I think they cut out a scene because <laughs> after he <laughs> kills Reinhardt and these men, he's driving back in his car, and Dragon, not Pines, but someone else from Dragon calls, and he's like, she wasn't at Chavez's, and and some official Dragon agent says, no, she's definitely at Genicot's now. Yeah. So the scene had no purpose except to... Have another kung fu battle, which would you want in these movies?
0: Ab- absolutely, I could have used one that was a little less offensive, but yes. okay, thank you. It came out of nowhere, and was that also was that when the dragon agent was saying something about you know, hey, the cops are kind of wondering about all the murders, yes. the murdering you did? And I'm curious, it,
1: like what he did at Chavez is where the cops all of a sudden got involved well, in mean, such a remote place.
0: Well, I mean, he did crush the guy's skull with the rock. Maybe they're talking about that.
1: This place is supposed to be so remote you have to get a jetpack to go in, and also. Like your, your street beat cop got there real quickly. It's like, we got a murder taking place here at this pond next to I'm going to
0: say it again. It's an Al Adamson <laughs> film. <laughs> and also, Robert Sand isn't going to give one hoot that some cop somewhere exactly. are worried about his murder. I'm sure
1: he has a license to kill,
0: <laughs> <laughs> a license to be shirtless.
1: I just want to put out that the actor who played Reinhardt, this actor named Felix Silla, he just passed away in 2021. And he has this huge IMDB page, and he played Tweaky in the Buck Rogers TV series. He was also the Step Devil for a Short Round in the Indiana Jones Temple of Doom movie.
0: This is when we get... Pines calls Robert Sand, and we find out Pines, he's not necessarily a rat, but yeah. Pines right now is being held against his will, and he's yeah. being forced to set up Robert Sand. Which I just find kind of funny. If you're an agent in these sorts of organizations, it's going to take more than a gun to the head.
1: I think it's funny because Janicott's quote after he has Pines lie on the phone is like, Nicely done. The government even trains their agents to be actors. And I'm like, no one in this movie is really a great actor. No. I don't think think Sands believes Pines one bit. (laughs) is acting... He's like well, no, because Doctor he, Evil.
0: Here's the thing: is that he's been suspicious of Pines, so now actually Pines is lying to he, him. Clearly so clearly, he, he's the mole. But at this point, he's being forced to set him up. Oh, see, so, I uh,
1: think he's been the mole the whole time. That's why Janicott has him. This. My whole backstory is that Pines has been in Janicott's pocket the whole entire. He absolutely is the mole.
0: Not. no, I, I don't think that at all. Because he wouldn't have he wouldn't have attempted to help at the end. I think he would have ran away.
1: Well, I think he was probably being a mole under duress.
0: And at this point he was I don't think Pines was a bad agent So after this Finally after hearing about This warlock and black magic We're going to get a black magic ceremony
1: It's a voodoo ritual And Janicott quotes Better to reign in hell Than serve in heaven I mean That's, such a, show, I mean, That's <laughs> such a tired
0: phrase fr- That's such a tired phrase It's like that You know I might as well say I'd rather burn out than fade away
1: yeah. I mean, he's a super villain
0: At that point you know There's a falling out Between Janicott. Oh. And Victor, because they have it out a little bit and Victor sort of threatens Janicott and then Victor walks away and, and Janicott basically says, you know, I think it's time I'm done with you, Victor.
1: And that was a strange subplot that the movie did not need. And I don't know if that's in the book. And they're like, we do have to make the book.
0: They flushed you. We, 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 the we bought the rights.
1: Like, we have to make something. Because he also, that makes no sense. But
0: he also tells Pines, he said, I've got a much more interesting way to get rid of him. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, we're going back down to the creepy cell, but he doesn't. They're going to have this big this big ceremony. Ritual yeah, for
1: Al Adamson's wife, his real wife, comes out. she's an actress as well in his movies. And she's a blonde voodoo dancer. This is
0: another time where we get all these, we get a, a bunch of African-Americans dressed up in sort of the, the witch doctor, the big mass. Seeing it today, you, you go, this, this is a little awkward. So there are a couple things in this movie that if you do go back and watch, it's like, this is gonna be, could be a little awkward.
1: This is the third scene in this movie, at least by my counting, where there's a lot of padding. For a 73-minute movie, there's a lot of padding. We spend a lot of time when Robert Sands is playing tennis at the very beginning we spend a lot of time when he first goes to Janicott's party and there is a mariachi band and a a, a basically go-go dancer and now we're spending a lot of time on this voodoo <coughs> ritual and they serve none of she, those she wasn't a
0: go-go dancer <laughs> she was his best
1: prostitute Phoenicia <laughs> but anyways all those scenes serve nothing to advance the plot they're just padding. because this voodoo ritual basically at the end they're like <smack> done with the ritual <laughs>
0: Like, right now, we go to Sin in her bedroom. There's this huge ritual going on, and she's the high priestess, and she's getting ready for bed. She's in a nightgown, and she's getting ready for bed. It was so confusing, because I'm going, wait, there's this huge thing going on out there. This is the culmination of all the work, and she's getting ready for bed. It was so confusing. And, and Shavez shows up. He shows up, because he's a creep. I'm glad they didn't go that route because in the beginning they do totally say, this guy's into hurting girls. A real demented, horrible person. And so he shows up and and he's saying, you know, Janicott wants you to like take care of me. And she goes, no, he doesn't. I mean, he's a sleaze. That dude is creepy. And of course, for some reason, Robert Sand shows up. Right at that moment. I know. And the thing, Jason, is it's not even like the Victor Chavez is some karate dude. He's just a guy. So you get this fight scene where...
1: Well, then also, he lets Victor Chavez go because he spends more time talking to Sin, who forms him um, Toki's in the tower. Yeah. I mean, it's a strange scene where also she's willing to like, hey, Toki's in the tower. Victor Chavez escapes. As you point out, Sands' goal is to rescue Toki. He doesn't really care about... Janakot, a.k.a. the warlock, and, you know, his right-hand man, Chavez.
0: In fact, he goes and finds her, and then they're going to escape.
1: He just shows up to Tokyo, like, yeah. hey,
0: I'm here. He shows up, and, they, and they're and they leaving, and you have every impression that he's thinking, we're just going to get out of here. Yeah.
1: And that's a point, too, where Janakot, I mean, it's a crazy scene, because Sands lets Chavez escape when he was trying to harass, sexually harass Sin, And then that's the point where Janakot, I'm assuming in the middle of voodoo ritual, goes, I think this is a point where I'm going to blow up Chavez. <laughs> that's, that's the scene you cut to where he, he blows up Chavez in yeah. the car.
0: San is escaping with Toki, but boom, they're caught.
1: With a, a saying that says, surprise, suckers. <laughs> and
0: so Bone and all these guys, they catch him and they grab, they grab Toki. Then we, all, we find out, oh, they're going to all be tied to pillars and sacrificed by Sin, who got out of her nightgown, yeah. got into her dominatrix outfit and, and Cod is up there with his vulture and he's saying, Sin's going to play with you. If she decides not to kill you, that'd be bad for her. And he has this whole speech that you're just going, shut up. Why isn't there more fighting?
1: A true supervillain where he gives a long-winded speech and no one searches these agents they just tied up to pillars.
0: We get Bond Gadget number two. Sin is walking from each person. She's got this sword. Robert Sand is obviously fidgeting behind his back. And Pines looks over and he goes, what are you doing? He's <laughs> Pines trying, is a horrible agent. <laughs> he's just dumb. He's just so dumb. And Sand goes, I'm going to get us out of here, man. That's the plan. And he pulls out this odd little gadget that ends up shoots fire out. There are hundreds of people looking directly at them. And he's burning a rope behind it and nobody notices the smoke coming up. So when Sin comes over and waves the knife around him again, he's free and he grabs her and he tells Pines, take Toki and get out of here. Pines fails. Doesn't do it.
1: At this point, it's an hour and two minutes into the movie and from... This point onwards, it's all. This
0: is the big trite. fight. This is it. This is this is what we've been waiting for. Is a yeah. huge showdown. You've got the midgets there.
1: All of Danicott's, AKA, a.k.a. the Warlock's army.
0: Because he sends them in two waves. He says, he says like unit two. <laughs> he sends them in. So the fight breaks out. We get, of course, you get your little showdowns yeah. where it's, it's Toki versus Sen. They have their little fight, and then Toki, for her credit, she's a pretty good fighter. And she ends up killing Sin. Pine sort of bumbles his way, sort of fails upwards at times. We get more junk punch. In fact, Robert Sand at one point finds a long staff somewhere. And he's beating these guys up and just, he knocks the guy down. The guy's down on the ground. And as he goes by, he just takes the staff and jams them right in the junk. It's sort of adding insult to injury. And then he kills, like, he runs at a a row of dudes. It's so hilarious. It's like, it's sort of the Harlem Globetrotters at Scooby Doo type stuff, where he he runs at this row of dudes who are running in like single found old school, like British Revolutionary War style, (laughs) where they just march straight forward in rows. And he knocks them down and then he, he pushes down and kills them all. Like, that's a pretty good move. He's got some strength. It's just this great back and forth. It's gone all over. Janicott is ace in the hole. He thinks
1: he sends his vulture, which we now know the name is Voltan. Or Voltan. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> to attack Sands. And that's his last defense. And then he like, all supervillain. Oh. I think I might be a little outnumbered. And he takes off him with
0: Bone. Bone. And what I do love, though, is Sand is fighting a vulture. I, know. <laughs> I think you just kind of you grab the neck and yeah, snap it. exactly. But he's, like, he's sitting there like trying to fend it off. And finally, he like punches it. It's hilarious. Finally, Janicott tells Bone, mm, you stay. Bone is a pretty ripped dude. Kind of reminded me of Marvin Hagler, the, the boxer from back in the day. Shaved head. He's a built dude. So they finally get to have this showdown. This is the fight you've been waiting for. Pretty cool. Bone makes some absolutely stellar faces when he's fighting, and they each get the upper hand once in a while. Robert Sand is, he's doing these clearly like Muhammad Ali foot moves, like the quick, fancy feet. And at one point, Bone even says, Who do you think you are, Muhammad Ali? And Sand goes, I'm better. That's some stuff. In 1976, 1970, the mid 70s, to say, I'm better than Ali. Those are some bold words. So he's
1: Agent Dragon.
0: He is, but that's Muhammad Ali, you know? Well,
1: I don't think Muhammad Ali was a dragon agent.
0: No, no he wasn't. He was he was the greatest. <laughs>
1: so, Sands ends up defeating Bones.
0: Breaks his back. Breaks his back. And they have to make a point of dubbing, yeah. you'll never walk again. <laughs> I don't know what that was necessary. And then he's chasing and he's, he's saying, you know, hey, just give up. And Janicot's going, no, not me. And he says, I'm going to set him up. I'm going down. Remember that creepy dungeon from earlier? He goes down, <laughs> opens the door, and then he like mm, will sneak away into the shadows. And when Sand gets sneaked up on pretty easily, he goes down. He goes oh, this open dungeon. Maybe he went in there. Janakot comes up. <laughs> True, great like wrestling style with a chair and smashes him with the chair. Closes him in there. You're done. Says goodbye, Mr. Sand. Then we find out what's in that creepy dungeon. The thing that can kill anything and make people scream.
1: It's a bunch
0: of snakes. Snakes. And I don't know why the snakes stay in there. Because it is. Again, just, there's these huge gaps. It's just that old school Mayberry cage door that closes and you can hold on to the bars. Just go right through the bars. Just go right through. And, you know, if you go into a room full of snakes, you don't have to walk over to the snakes. Yeah. And snakes aren't lions. Yeah. Snakes don't, look. you know, rattlesnake doesn't go, oh, I'm going to come after you. That was so anticlimactic. Because yes. the insurance <laughs> agent from earlier is still in there so they show a bunch of snakes crawling on his dead body and that's another thing is you know that body's gonna start stinking
1: also is the body only been there i mean i don't know how long this movie takes place over like if it's a weekend or it
0: it should be at least bloated yeah a little discolored (laughs) you got the bond gadget though it's got a little torch which is a powerful torch because it's able to cut through the lock and get him out sand gets out of this 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 dungeon and he's going after Janicott. Janicott just locked him in and said, Goodbye, Mr. Sand, and he leaves. Yet he's hiding around a corner with a big axe. Why would he be doing that? Because he should be leaving. He doesn't know Sand got away.
1: I think he is your er, stereotypical supervillain. He set Sand up, and he's like, But he, of course, is going to escape because he's Robert Sand, Agent Dragon. So I have to have my next plot set up right afterwards.
0: You're giving these scriptwriters way too much credit. I think it's just faulty. <laughs> I think, honestly, he'd go, well, it's going to take him a little while to get out of there. I'm going to go get in a helicopter. Because if I'm a real villain, there's a helicopter. I'm just going to go get in this helicopter and get the hell if out he of If he was
1: here. a real villain, if he was a real narco kingpin, <laughs> there were so many other things he would have done.
0: <laughs> he would have had a, a proper animal, like a leopard. Yeah. He's got a vulture. <laughs>
1: exactly. Just, well, also, he wouldn't have, at stage, a ritual and had. Pines, Sands, Toki all tied up while he gives a long-winded speech. He would just have ah, a shot in the head and
0: killed. I know it's just like, dude, this it's a brutal. It's yeah, like Doctor. Not unlike a brute IPA. There
1: you go. <laughs> oh. so Sands, of course, takes him out. And at first, you think Sands is going to kill him. Beats him up. Yeah, I mean, he, he smacks him He, like, off. does
0: the fake. He gets yeah. the axe from him, and he does, like, the fake. I'm going to hit you in yeah. the face with it. And then he just sucker punches him.
1: And constantly, like, he's thinking, janicott and you're thinking, this guy's kind of a wimp, like, Sands is really beating him up. And then, Sands stops. I've changed my mind, you slimy worm. And he drags janicott back to that cell with the snakes and tosses him inside and you hear Genicon wailing and screaming as, uh, because these must be train snakes. No, that's a, that's a whole, that's, <laughs> they a, that's They immediately attack.
0: Jason, <laughs> I'm going to say it. His scream is the exact same scream as the insurance salesman who was thrown in there. I'm not kidding. What I kind of find funny is this dude is, he's supposed to be a warlock. He's screaming, he's like, no, no, nothing, anything but this. Don't do this, Sand. Don't throw me in here. I'm going. Well, you're a warlock. I thought these things were like your pets. Aren't you supposed to have any powers that you can?
1: He's involved in the cult.
0: What's going on?
1: You kind of snap his fingers and disappears. yes, yeah,
0: like snakes get out. Go through the easily get outable cage door. Okay. You know, sand goes up. It's over.
1: He's with tokes, with pines, and you think it's the end, but then a bunch of henchmen show up.
0: This is. Completely unnecessary, except to show that he has one more gadget.
1: I don't know if it's a piece of paper or what it is, but he throws at him, and it's a bomb, and it blows up, and the last four four remaining henchmen are dead. Then he looks at Toki, and Sand says, I guess that's the end, huh? And that's literally the end of the movie.
0: (laughs) All right, then. Would you recommend this movie? Well,
1: so, you know, Michael, I chose this movie. This has been one of my comfort foods since college. I like Jim Kelly. Jim
0: uh, Kelly has a, had a presence. He did. He, he really did.
1: When we were watching this movie over again several times, although I've watched this movie on a regular basis since college, I own this movie. I own Black Belt Jones. I'm a fan of Jim Kelly. Black
0: Belt Jones is good.
1: <laughs> I like it. I think it's funny. I think Jim Kelly has presence. I did go back and watch, you know, he's passed away several years back, and there's a lot of tribute videos. I like it. It's an Al Adamson movie. So if you don't know what those movies are like, like if you've never seen an Al Adamson movie such as Psycho and go or Satan's Sadist...
0: They're, they're, they're junk. Yeah, I mean, it's Al Adamson. He's sitting on a shoestring if, budget.
1: If you're a B-movie fan and you haven't seen one of Al Adamson's movies, this is one of the movies that I would recommend out of his repertoire. Some of the other ones don't make a lot... Make less sense. Does this this movie make sense? The other ones make less sense.
0: (laughs) This movie makes no sense whatsoever.
1: So I would recommend it. What about you, Michael?
0: I would say for Jim Kelly, Black Belt Jones is better. It's a better film. It's it's very hard for me to say I recommend it because I think there's so many others in the genre that are better. This one's just a chaotic mess. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah. It made more sense. There was a plot. I mean, and there was a demon. You know, not just some phony warlock. So it had a vulture in it. It had a vulture. So, I mean, it's just, for me, it would be far down the list of recommendations. It's a chaotic mess, which you expect, but it's fun. I think Jim Kelly had a presence about him. That was pretty cool. These fight scenes were better than Devil's Express. Absolutely. And Jim
1: Kelly actually choreographed these fight scenes in this
0: movie. No, no, he choreographed. His fight scenes. There was somebody No, there was. I, I looked. There's there any other kind of fights were choreographed by someone else, but his fight scenes were his. So Pines was on his own. I probably wouldn't. It is fun, it is silly. This is a beer drinking game. This okay. is this is a drinking game movie. So in that respect, if you love the kung fu of the seventies, you've probably already seen this. Don't go into this going this is gonna be a cool movie, like a very smart, well made movie. It's a mess.
1: It's a mess. The soundtrack, I enjoy. The clothes are, are something that's fantastic right out of a 70s fashion Abso-
0: show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> I will say the Brute IPA, the Fabergé from Project Barley, 100% I recommend. Absolutely. And I would recommend anything from these guys. I've, I've had a number of their beers so far, and... I hope their distribution expands because that would be cool to be able to just walk up to my local beer store and like go, hey, there's some Project Barley. Grab it because they do some wonderful beers. Great people. Super like community oriented.
1: Well, I'll need to get down there. Where's it located again?
0: Lomita. Lomita. On the PCH on the Pacific Coast Highway. Cool spot. In fact, we were just there and a, a pizza place opened up like that's connected to it. And I mean, they, the day we went there was their first day being open. I gotta tell you, the pizza was knockout. Nice. So I mean, it's pizza and beer. Can't be that. Yeah, throw a B movie <laughs> in there, and, and it's, there. you just got you, you got a day wasted in the be, in the best possible way.
1: <laughs> and the only thing else I can say about this movie is.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's a good place to sign off. So <laughs> please like, subscribe, and comment wherever you listen.
1: Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
0: And check out our website.
1: This is and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm
0: Michael. I guess that's the end, huh?